Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers. I am a health and nutrition coach in Los Angeles, California, and we are broadcasting live from the City of Angels. Today, I'm interviewing Mark Ching about why it's best to feed your pet a primal diet. But before I get started, I do have to do do a little disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or a health condition because that would be illegal. Live to 110 Radio is solely informational in nature. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment I suggest on this show. Do you have a question for our guest today about pet food or pet health? Please call in at 917-889-2838. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and call in. If you like the show and want to learn a little bit more about health and nutrition, uh, I'm teaching a class at the Brentwood Library here in Los Angeles on Saturday, June 8th at 2 p.m. I'll be teaching a class on the Live to 110 diet that will cover basic nutrition principles. And best of all, it's totally free. So come on down and join me. Last week's show is probably my favorite show so far on the Live to 110 podcast. I interviewed Dr. Wilson, an expert in nutritional balancing science. We discussed how to rid yourself of fatigue and brain fog while he revealed the underlying causes of these epidemic problems in our society and how to address them by healing the whole body with nutritional balancing science. You can get a preview of what he's all about on his brilliant website, drlwilson.com. Now, today I'll be talking to Mark Ching from thepetstaurant.com. That's spelled P-H-E-P-E-T-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T.com. It's a little tricky. I've uh, tripped up a few times searching for it, so I wanted to give you the spelling. And we're going to talk about why it's important to feed your pet a primal diet. There are more pets than people in the U.S., so I thought it important to get the message out about how to properly feed Rover and Kitty. The same exact health problems are happening in the human population that are also happening in the pet population. They're eating the wrong food for their genetic makeup, but when they have health problems as a result of this bad diet, you take them to the vet and get medication and bad nutrition advice, which can cause a further decline in their health. So many pets are suffering from degenerative diseases like arthritis and cancer simply because of their diet. So during this interview, you'll learn what you should be feeding your pet and why what you feed your pet will save you a ton on vet bills in the future. I thought today's show was important, even though, you know, it's a little off the mark regarding human health, but it's my show, so I can do whatever I want. (laughs) So hello, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, you are the owner of the Petstaurant in Sherman Oaks, California, and you can be found on thepetstaurant.com. And all I can say is that I'm so happy I found you through a friend's referral because your products and advice have drastically improved the health of my two little yappers, and I can't thank you enough. I'm sure all you listeners out there are familiar with the little barks that you hear here and there on the show. Um, so, Mark, can you tell us exactly what is the Pestaurant and what inspired you to open it? Well, the Pestaurant is a, you know, we make food. So we make organic, species-appropriate meals for dogs and cats. And, you know, we've been open for a while. And we opened because when I was, 
in the beginning when I started treating animals, I saw an overwhelmingly amount of sick animals, and it was based on diet. You know, many of them ate kibble or, you know, those vet-type foods, and they had a, you know, just, they had so much fungus, uh, yeast problems, cancer, you know, organ failure, that we started making our own food. So we try to base it on what they could eat in the wild. Uh, we do both raw and cooked meals, and it's all grain-free. So, you know, that's basically why we started and how we started. And over time, through using our food and certain supplements, we've been able to cure things that many vets cannot. So it's pretty amazing. So uh, what is the best diet for a dog? Well, the best diet for a dog, in my opinion, is a diet that consists of minimally processed foods, meaning, you know, if you prepare your own, uh, if you got your own meat and your own vegetables and you just made it yourself, that's minimally processed. You know, there's a raw diet, which, you know, is more close to what they would eat in the wild, consisting of raw foods. And some people who prepare also choose to cook their meats and add everything else raw. So either way, it's a more species-appropriate diet, and they do better on it. it you know, the, the evidence and just when you watch them, it just they thrive. So why is it important to not feed a dog grains? Well, grains are not good for animals because they can't break them down. So they have less enzymes in us. So when they eat, let's say, rice, they have a hard time digesting it. And when it goes undigested, when you keep feeding something like this and every day there's so much material that is undigested, it'll actually push through the GI wall and fungus can start to feed on it. And many dogs today have what's called allergies. And it's really uh, the feeding of things that are inappropriate. And you know they, they, they develop a reaction to it, which is actually fungus in the GI tract growing and it comes out of their feet so they'll bite their feet, they'll lick their paws, they'll get really itchy. And so, you know, it's a big problem. And it's a problem that we actually fix. So, you know, unfortunately, there's so many dogs that have it, but if they didn't have it, we probably wouldn't even be in business. So, no, no. you know, and it's, yeah, and, and, but we provide a cure. So we work very different from vets and it's through food, just like how you would do. You know, you look at the diet and you, you go from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of made a mistake with my dogs is I was feeding them organic leftover chicken, thinking that that was healthy for them. But the chickens are, even if they're organic, they're still eating grains, which still affect the dog, right? Uh, so, some animals. <clears throat> so for some animals, they have what's called a pastor effect that uh, grain-fed chickens can actually cause histamine reactions in dogs. So for us, we use, you know, more free-range products, more wild products. We use pheasant. Uh, we we have this. We we use turkey, but they eat sunflower seeds, so they don't eat grains like sprouted sunflower seeds. We use bison and like grass-fed organic Angus beef, and a lot of people don't think it makes a difference, but it does. It just you know when, when they're more when they eat, you know, when the animals they feed on eat more natural foods, it seems to hold up better when our dogs eat it, so. 
Yeah, because those grass-fed animals have a healthier fat profile. They have more omega-3s, so it confers those health benefits to the dogs, too. Correct. It does. It does. So what is the best diet for a cat? Well, cats are a little different from dogs. So cats need less vegetable matter. Uh, they're pretty much carnivorous in nature. So they're called, they're, I mean, they're known to be what's called obligate carnivores, where they can actually exist almost solely on meat. So, and, and a lot of people don't know, but there's really three types of cats. There are river cats, plains cats, and hybrids. So river cats tend to like fish more. And plains mm. cats, they tend to like poultry. And nowadays, there's cats that just eat anything. So they're more of a hybrid. And for them, you know, their diet consists of less vegetables and stuff like that. So in our cat foods, you know, primarily it's like fish or, you know, we do Cornish game hand. They seem to like that. We have pheasant, duck. And it's mostly meat. It has some organ meat sometimes. And they just, they, they do well on it. And, and when yeah. there are less grains or no grains and less vegetables, they seem to have less problems. Yeah. Yeah, I love it that you have all these exotic animals in the pet food. Oh, go ahead. No, no, then what we find that makes even a bigger difference is everything we use, like herbs and vegetables, it's organic. And it seems to actually matter. You know, I tell people who cook at home that it's better to just cook even if it's not organic because it's better than dog food or cat food. But for us, we see a you know we see a big difference from using organic produce and organic herbs to non-organic. So, mm-hmm. so um, when I was looking at the ingredients and the, the labels on your food, I was really amused to see that you're using organic herbs in the pet food, like you're using St. John's Wort and ginkgo biloba, milk thistle, acai, and so many others. I just love it. So can you tell me why you use these herbs in your food and what purpose they serve? So for if you look at all other pet food labels besides ours, you'll find what's called a vitamin pack. So somewhere in the ingredient profile, usually at the bottom, they'll say vitamin A, zinc, thymine, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, by law, you have to have that because these foods are highly processed, so they have no vitamins. You know, all the vitamins are cooked out or all the vitamins are extruded out. So without that, you know, a dog would just have major, major problems. In our foods, because the vegetables are cold-pressed and added raw, uh, we do not use a vitamin pack. We use herbs. So we use acai berry, you know, milk thistle, sage, you know, mangosteens, different things that have a high antioxidant level and, you know, nutrients, you know, bioflavonoids and stuff like that. And that is our vitamin pack. We find mm-hmm. when you look at animals and their problems is many of it is from this vitamin pack that they put in. You know, it's meant to withstand high heats because, you know, if you get canned food, all this food is cooked in the can. So these vitamins they add are coated to withstand heat. And, you know, when your animals eat it, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't process naturally. And so it causes more problems. So mm-hmm. that's why when you switch from food to food, If you go from, you know, one brand to the next, your dog or cat might have extreme diarrhea. And it's not because of the proteins or anything. It's because of the vitamin pack. They have to get used to this this new type of vitamin pack. So in our foods, we don't have it in there because, you know, it's not natural. 
and it's not holistic. It's not, you know, it's just not part of nature to have those things. So we use herbs, and it makes a difference. So what would you say is the worst diet for a pet? What you, Should you never feed a cat or a dog? Oh, corn, wheat, and yeast. <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they're carcinogens. So if you look at, like, science diet, you know, the veterinarian type of prescription foods, the hills, you know, it's a corn-based diet. You know, it's proven yeah. that animals get cancer from corn. You know, so that's like our, you know, for us it's a big no-no. Corn, uh, wheat which causes a huge amount of allergies in animals, and it can be cancerous, and yeast. Uh, they put yeast in for flavor, bruise yeast, and it's just it's carcinogens. It's a carcinogen for animals. So mm. for us, those are the big three things that are not good. Yeah, and the corn is GMO corn, too. Yeah, so it's even worse. It is. On top of that. And uh, I saw that you have vegan meals for pets. In the in the in your store, what is what purpose do those serve? Well, we don't make vegan meals for cats because I myself do not believe in that. I, I don't think that cats can exist on that, and I think that you know while people can do whatever they want, I just find that that is very difficult to achieve. However, for dogs, dogs can actually exist you know exist on a vegan diet. And so we help people to achieve those goals if they choose to have their dogs on a vegan diet. You know, since we started making vegan food, why we started was I would get a lot of patients, vegan dogs who were sick. You know, they had all these issues. Uh, they were itchy or they had these, these bumps that came out, these like lipomas from the diets they were feeding. So over time, we used to take them off these diets and construct whole new diets for them that were vegan to you know, to actually help fix them. And so over time, we started just producing this food. And so now we sell vegan food that's, you know, more appropriately made. Yeah, I have to say, I feel really bad for the dogs that are forced to eat vegan diets. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, think they like it. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not healthy for it. The diet is, you know, I think deadly for humans, but I can't imagine it's super healthy for a dog either. <laughs> and, and, and we see, you know, we see a lot of people who have vegan dogs, where, you know, where our stores in Sherman Oaks, and many of them are not doing well, many of them. Yeah. However, it is possible with the right ingredients and with knowledge and education that it is possible to make a diet that conforms better to animals or dogs specifically who their owners want them to be vegan. You know, yeah. we don't. We don't uh, try to, you know, endorse that, but we just give people the option. If you're going to do it, then, you know, this is the you're way you right. can try and do it. So. Yeah, I know Ellen DeGeneres uh, has just come out with a line of vegan pet food. You know, I know her wife is vegan, and perhaps Ellen uh, herself has been converted as well. Um, her dogs are, are vegan too. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, her vegan diet line, and if it's good for her, it's healthy? Uh, I, I actually am not familiar, but most vegan commercial foods are not healthy. Yeah. So, but I, I do know her company. You know, these vegan commercial foods—they're trying to make money, so they'll use things that dogs do not do well on, like sweet potato, a lot of pumpkin. You'll see a lot of pumpkin in these foods. They're real starchy, high glycemic foods, so they cause fungus in dogs, and they get really uh. itchy, and you know they don't seem to do that well. 
Okay. Can you tell us, give us a list of what um, other foods you should never feed your dog? You said corn and um, you said rice, right? So, you know, every dog is different, but overwhelmingly, if you look at the, you know, the domesticated dog population, uh, many of them have something called allergies. And vets, if you go into a vet and your dog is licking their paws or scratching and just incessantly their skin's all red and they have hot spots, these things are caused by certain ingredients, not only grains, but a big problem is grains. So rice, millet, barley, all of those things cause this reaction in dogs. However, potatoes, you know, especially white potatoes, like russet potatoes, sweet potatoes, yams, butternut squash, and even carrots, they can cause these reactions too. So for people who have dogs with allergies, they can't feed any of those things. Yeah. And if you look at almost all food out there, they have they have it, you know, and it's just because they're trying to make money. So if you make your own food, or like our foods, um, we don't use potatoes at all. We don't use pumpkin. You know, if we use pumpkin, we use ground pumpkin seed, which is totally different. It's just, you know, it's just different. You know, I saw on your site that you have recipes and you also teach people how to cook food for their pets, right? Uh, correct, we do. Now, do you have classes or just is it stuff online? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people, they come into our store and they'll ask. And, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm actually in there. So I do, you know, we have walk-ins and people can just come and ask me questions. and People call and then I have like a 24-hour number for my patients and they just text. And, you know, we just tell people, you know, that's... We just, wow! Want to do better? We you have a 24-hour hotline. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So, so you're operating as, um, you know, almost like a vet, like you're you're helping these dogs when they're sick. So, for the dogs that come to us that are not well and use us to become well, I prefer that they contact me first before doing anything, because many times we're treating them for something. And if they go to the vet, and even if they do something like internal flea medication, it changes everything. You know, and people, if they don't ask first, then they're going to be disappointed with the results when working with us. So Yeah, I know. I made that mistake because my dog just started going nuts, just itching one day. And so, of course, I took her to the vet. And uh, she was also bleeding. She had some colitis. like She was having bloody stool. I took her to the vet. The doctor gave her antibiotics and told her to eat science diet for gastrointestinal problems. And then a week later, she was just broke out with this major allergic reaction. And I finally called you, and you told me that she was having a fungal infection from all the corn in the science diet. How's she doing now? Um, she's doing better. She well, she had a bunch of fleas attack her, so she's allergic to fleas. <laughs> That's a problem. So the corn thing never gets a break. It's either colitis or fleas or something. The vet doing things to her, but um, but yeah, but she's doing a lot better now. I have her on Good, your yeah. diet, your very strict diet, not feeding her any organic chicken scraps or anything. And you, you had me feeding her um, enzymes for the fungal infection and some other herbs and stuff for the uh, the colitis. So she's doing a lot yeah, better. Yeah. Thank you. And then, you know, a lot of people, they're trying to do better for their animals, and they go out and buy animal products, like animal enzymes and stuff. We use human enzymes, mm. you know, human probiotics. And the reason why is 
in the animal industry, there is no regulation, meaning that I can get a product and put anything in it I want and sell it to animals. And so these products are just poorly crafted, and it's part of the problem. It's part of this epidemic on why dogs and cats are consistently sick and coming down with, you know, terminal diseases. It's terrible. Yeah, I know. Almost every person I know, their dog has is really, really sick, has hot spots, has cancer. Um, I mean, every single person I know. And it's their diet. It's just like in the U.S., 50% of people have cancer. It's our horrifying diet. So do you think that uh, dry food is a good option for your pet, and what brands do you kind of like? Well, you know, as a nutritionist for animals, you know, I have to be open. Uh, while I don't endorse or recommend dry foods, I help people find, you know, options that suit their family. You know, everybody is. Some people are rich. Some people are not as wealthy. Some people have more time to cater to their pets. Some people don't. So, you know, as a nutritionist, I have to be flexible. Uh, dry food overall is not the best for animals, but there are better brands and worse brands. So some of the worst brands are like Royal Canine, uh, you know, Science Diet, uh, Pedigree. Those are all like the bottom, you know, bottom pyramid. The worst thing. I know, pet, there's, Pedigree there's is like stuff. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. You know, Pedigree is so bad that they classify a whole, all the bad dog food is, is known as Pedigrees now, whether it's Kibbles and Bits, and that's how bad Pedigree is. So, you know, that just that name is used now to classify a whole genre of foods. Mm-hmm. But, you know, foods that we like, we like grain-free foods, and I recommend potato-free foods as well, and many times tapioca-free foods. So we like this brand called Legacy, which is a Canadian brand, and they have never had recalls before. Uh, we like another type of food called Amicus, which is red lentil-based that is also grain-free, made in Canada. And Origin, they just took out of the, out the potato from their food because so many dogs were getting itchy on their food. So they actually improved their uh, dry kibble for cats and dogs, you know, because, you know, it was part of the problem. Uh, you know, we don't seem to like natural balance. I don't really like natural balance because a lot of my patients were on natural balance and they're really itchy, or they have that, the standing of the eyes and just they're having problems. Uh, we like, let's see, this is a brand called Nutrisco. You know, it does go well for dogs with allergies and stuff like that. You know, really, I promote Honest Kitchen, which is a dehydrated food. Mm. And uh, some dogs don't like it, but some dogs love it, and they do really well on it. It's kind of like our food except for it's dehydrated, but they do have, like, sweet potato and other stuff in it. However, because it's not a kibble, dogs do just incredibly better on it. It's amazing. So, you know, that's what I'm a proponent for. You know, but mostly I'm a proponent for you preparing your own foods. You know, like we do for, you know, I have children, so I cook for my children, uh, well, my wife cooks for our children, <laughs> and she cooks uh-huh. for me, and she cooks for our dogs. Uh-huh. And so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She cooks for the children, and you cook for the dogs. <laughs> it's happy family. A happy family, correct, and healthy, yeah. so that's what matters. 
So you're basically saying that these are obviously brands you mentioned that are not at Petco. They're not oh. at your grocery store. So what, So basically, I, I assume you're saying that people should never buy their dog food from a grocery store or Petco. You know, the rule of thumb that I tell people who come in and their dogs have problems, I tell them if you've gotten anything from Target, uh, you know, Ralph's or Petco, PetSmart, you can't use it. You can't feed it. They don't have good products. And it's not that I'm against them. It's just it's just a fact. You cannot change what the facts are. And even really good stores like Whole Foods, a lot of their pet foods are very poor quality, and they just don't know, you know. It's just they're just not informed or they don't know. But Petco has nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're buying stuff from there, you know, it's just it's terrible. You know, and every dog is different. You know, some dogs can be fed pedigree their whole life and be okay, but most dogs cannot. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the organic label? Is there is organic food, like the organic label on dog food, better than non-organic? It is not. See, what people don't understand, when you're buying processed foods, like a kibble, even if it's organic, it doesn't matter. You know, the meats that they use are what's called trim. You know, so, so my company manufactures, you know, we make pet food. And we use grade A type 1 meat, which is what restaurants use. Other dog food companies don't use that. They use trim. It can say human grade and it can be organic, but it's, you know, it's it's trim. So humans kind of eat this stuff, and that's what goes in pet food. Mm-hmm. All companies use this. There's very, 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 very few companies that do not use trim. I mean, Blue Buffalo uses trim. You know, even like the companies I mentioned that have good kibble. You know, they're all using very low-quality meats, organic or non-organic. So it doesn't matter. You know, the ingredients is what makes the biggest difference. So if your dog is eating organic rice versus something that doesn't have organic rice, it just is more meat-based, the dog on a non-organic diet is going to do a lot better than on the organic diet. Hmm. Yeah, as I read somewhere that there's no regulation whatsoever on the label organic on pet food. Oh, you can put anything. You can put an organic shoe in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> organic beef leather shoe. <laughs> so, so all the pet foods, you know, even the high-end organic ones supposedly, I've noticed because I'm a, a label detective and I go nuts reading labels, they all contain carrageenan. Uh, which is a thickener that they use. And I've been feeding my dogs this their entire life, thinking that the organic canned food was the best. But now both my dogs have colitis, which is an irritation of the, the intestinal walls and diarrhea, bloody diarrhea, mucousy diarrhea. And could this ingredient be the culprit, do you think? Oh, of course. You know, so they are not natural to dogs' ecosystems. So when you feed these things over time, you know, it causes inflammation of, like, the colon and the pancreas. And really, that's what colitis is, you know, when the pancreas can absorb back the bile and you see this mucus come out and all this inflammation in the GI tract. And so, you know, these are additives that they put in food to thicken them up, to make them more appealing because it's cheap, stuff like that. So, you know, people don't know this, but all canned foods in the animal industry, they're cooked in the can. It's it's just the Hmm. worst stuff you can feed ever. It's terrible. Wow, and I'm assuming there's a BPA lining in the can, too, that's cooking into the food. 
Well, many of them have to line a can, so they have this like lining on the can because it's cooked in the can. So you know, it's a type of chemical, and you know, it's terrible, terrible. And I know carrageenan, it's made from seaweed, but, you know, it's synthesized, so it's processed, so it's not a natural ingredient. And even in humans, it can cause intestinal distress and intestinal disorders and even cancer. And so it's obviously you just said it causes that in dogs as well. You know, people, you know, animals and dogs and humans are more alike than we think. And so, you know, all this gluten-free diets and people are trying to avoid weed and those additives like Caribbean gum, but they're avoiding it for a reason. So our animals are no different. You know, our, the philosophy behind my company is different from most, that dogs and cats, they're an extension of our family. You know, I, I have human children. I have a son and a daughter. If you can hear them crying, you can probably hear them crying. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, my dogs, they're my kids. You know, I, yeah. I have five dogs now, you know. Wow. Yeah, I just got another one yesterday. So. <laughs> but, but but they're my children. You know, they, 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 they're house dogs, and we treat them like people, and, you know, they have personalities. And I believe you know, they have spirits. And, I, I, you know, you know my, my human son, that's their brother and their sisters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what our company is about, that if, your dog or your cat is your child or part of your family, then we have to treat them like it. We have to feed them how we would our own children. And that's the biggest difference between what we believe in and what a dog food company believes in, like a pedigree or a blue buffalo or natural balance, you know. Yeah, they're just trying to lower their bottom line so they make the most money. Yeah, they're trying to make money. You, you know, I would never feed my dog. I mean, I would never feed my son kibble, ever. You know, it's just... I could probably be thrown in prison for doing that if I put kibble on his plate every day. Yeah. Yeah, I was, kind of my intu- I was kind of intuitively felt that, you know, the, the vets have always told me, oh, just feed them dry food. Like, every vet has said that. They're going to be the healthiest if you only feed them dry food. But I kind of always intuitively felt that this food is disgusting. It's It's just does not look appetizing whatsoever, and I just intuitively knew it's not going to confer amazing health benefits. Yes, it, it does not have health benefits. You know, people always say you have to use dry food because it cleans your teeth or because it's balanced and has vitamins, but people don't understand that, you know, kibble taste takes 14 hours to process in their GI tract. That is, like, such a huge amount of time. You know, it's causing organ damage, and, and if you look at, like, the cat population, almost all cats nowadays die of renal failure or cancer. Yeah, this I noticed caused that. by the, pet food. Yeah, I noticed that the cats, most of them are, have suffered from UTI infections chronically. And, and, yes, and it's all associated with food. You know, people who do not feed commercial foods like kibble and they make their own foods, very, very few of them have these problems. So my, my dogs have never eaten kibble ever in their life. You know, they, they've never been to a vet. They've never had a UTI. They've never had anything. They, they've never had colitis. They've never had, you know, diarrhea. And it's just, I wish I could say you know. that. I clean up a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> it's really a bummer. But yeah, my dogs have colitis. My dogs have, uh, luckily, have carpet floors, but uh, but they always do it in the kitchen, which is you know even grosser. But uh, I'm hoping one day I can help 
nurse both of them back to health and get rid of the colitis. One day. Everything is possible. Yeah. So uh, what other kinds of health problems do conventional pet foods cause? Well, well, I think the most major health problems besides, you know, allergy or food intolerances is cancer and organ failure. So I treat a lot of animals that have liver and kidney failure. And I think another growing problem, though, is that, you know, you're feeding your dog something that causes diseases, and when your dog actually gets these diseases, you go to a vet that uses harsh medication that is hard for the liver and kidneys to excrete and metabolize. And so it, I just think it makes it worse. So, you know, we have diarrhea, they could be fragile. You know, for diarrhea, we give people herbs, you know, for their dogs that have no side effects. It doesn't cause liver damage. It doesn't cause kidney damage. And for dogs with allergies, instead of giving them antibiotics and steroids, which cause brain damage, you know, we give things like black walnut and enzymes to process and digest yeast, and it's just different. And, and so, you know, these veterinarians, they're just like the dog food. They, they're commercialized. And, and for some reason, they lost their ability to connect with the, the, the you know, how nature's supposed to be or the body of animals, and it's terrible. It's, and it's getting worse. Yeah, I notice a lot of dogs have allergies. They have hot spots. My dog, my poor Pomeranians are kind of, I've been told they're prone to allergies. And uh, why are these on the rise and what is the best way to treat them? Well, it's on the rise because, in my opinion, food is getting worse. So if you look back 20 to 30 years, I mean, the food was terrible back then too, like the Alpo and stuff like that. But Dogs seem to have been doing better back then. Nowadays, when you look around, dogs everywhere have these cones on their heads or they're biting their feet and they're just really itchy. And so, you know, it just signifies that something's wrong. Either the treats are getting worse or the food is getting worse or the earth is getting worse. You know, and then people who are trying to treat it, they're going to vets that don't even know what the problem is. Antibiotics for any type of itching or scratching, that is not a cure. You know, what it does is it kills all of the good flora, the intestinal flora that dogs need to control fungus, to control yeast, just like in humans, women with Mm -hmm. candida. You know, antibiotics kill all the flora, and you have to spend time building that up. So what we do is we teach people, you know, first of all, what not to feed. You know, if your dog's itchy, you can't give them carrots, you can't give them potatoes, no bananas, uh, no treats that contain grains or sugars. And we have them use enzymes to digest food completely so there's no undigestible material. We often recommend another enzyme that helps to digest fungus and yeast itself. And we encourage people to use probiotics. And, you know, it gets expensive because supplements are expensive, but there are quick fixes too. We teach people to add apple cider vinegar to the food. It's, you know, antifungal. Coconut oil to each meal, which is antifungal. And we teach people about correct washing. Like, do not use an oatmeal-based shampoo that is not species-appropriate. It makes dogs itch more. Mm-hmm. So we recommend things like Selsun Blue, which is a you know a human shampoo for dandruff, but it gives and provides relief to dogs who have allergies. Uh, 
Yeah, I read on the internet that if your dog has allergies, you should give them Benadryl. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, you know, Benadryl, it, it actually does help. We don't recommend it because, you know, it has to be metabolized by the liver and the kidneys. You know, that is not a cure. People are giving their, you know, dogs Benadryl four times a day. You know, it's not a cure. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to seek out a cure. You want to fix it because it is a problem with food. And everybody thinks it's environmental, but it's if they're itching and if they're licking their feet, that is yeast coming out and it burns. So they lick it and lick it and lick it. If their feet smell like corn chips, if they have ear infections, these things are caused by funguses. They're not caused by the environment. So for those dogs, a cure is, you know, it's possible. You, know, you can cure your dog. You just have to know how. So so if your dog has allergies, you should feed them a grain-free diet, none of the vegetables you talked about, none of the starchy vegetables. And uh, and what what else? Taking the um, the enzymes? So enzymes, probiotic, but really a big part of it is not feeding dry food, grain-free or not. You know, every dog is different. So when we have a dog come in and they're eating pedigree and they're real itchy, well, just by changing the dry food to a grain-free, high-quality dry food, it fixes it because the diet was so poor before. However, a lot of people are more educated now and will not feed a supermarket-type food. They might be on Blue Buffalo, Origin, uh, you know, natural balance, and their dogs might be itchy. For these people, you have to take them off kibble. You cannot do it on kibble. It's almost impossible. So we take them off kibble. We either, you know, so some people use our foods. We teach people how to cook. And it goes away. And for people who, you know, may not be able to afford cooking all the time, then we help them to find a better commercial food that will bring the cost down, and, you know, that they can live on happily for a long time. So it's just different. But the key is, you know, if your dog is really itchy, you have to not feed kibble. Just kill the dry food and just, yeah, you know, I, try I to really bad. I've been really bad. I've been, because I, you know, I feed my dogs twice a day the food that you make, and I leave kibble out on the floor, you know, for, it's just out 24 hours a day for them to eat. But luckily, uh, apparently you have a rat that's been eating it. Because <laughs> I, I never see the dogs getting it. I'm wondering why it's going away. The kibble is getting, the amount's getting lower and lower in the bowl. And my husband saw a rat the other day. So I thought, that's great. There, someone's just enjoying the kibble. Hopefully, he'll get cancer and die. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting is a lot of people say, you know, my dog's picky. My dog doesn't eat. So they, they have this bowl of kibble down. And what they don't realize is that it's not that your dog is picky. When your dog eats his food, he doesn't feel well. And dogs are not, you know, they're, 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 they're smarter than people give them credit for. They're very intelligent. So when they're eating something, they're sick all the time. You know, they eat to survive, you know. You know, if I left out a bag of a bowl of dry food, my dogs would not eat it because, you know, I feed them other stuff. You know, so my dogs don't like dry food, and I'm glad they don't. Yeah, I, I don't know many dogs that do. I need to take my dry food up and throw it away. Apparently, no. I'm glad I did the show. I learned something. Why my dog still has allergies? Because I do so, dogs before. I'm not consulting with you enough. You, you know, dogs that we're trying to cure. This is how strict 
the diets have to be. So if your dog is really itchy and you're using enzymes and probiotics and you change your food, if they eat a preset bread, I mean, just, just one piece, they'll start to itch all over. I mean, yeah. it, it's that restrictive. So, you know, if they eat, eat, go to someone's house and eat kibble, they, they'll immediately become itchy again. Hmm. So it just shows, regardless of what type of kibble it is, it just shows the quality of it. It's not made for them. So what do you think about bone broth? Because I, I make homemade bone broth at home, chicken broth, and sometimes I give it to my dogs. Is that okay? I think it's okay. You, you know, dogs cannot live in prison. <laughs> so, you know, we have to be nice, and that's why we have treats. And, you know, bone broth, they, they, they have minerals, and they have certain things in it. You know, it is, it's okay. You know, sometimes it can be fattening, so you don't want to uh, give it every single time, but it, it is okay. But just so you know that people who give a lot of bone broth, their dogs can have colitis from it too. Oh, okay. I don't give it that much. I just, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Part of the reason I was giving it to them was because, you know, I just know from being a nutritionist myself that um, when you uh, eat the the bone broth, it has glutamine in it that can, it's very healing for the intestines. So I kind of thought, well, hey, maybe that's going to be healing for uh, my dogs. It, it is. So it, you are correct. It, it helps. It's just that, you know, you know, with everything, there's balance. So you don't want to overdo it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, you know, every time I go to the vet, I, I feel like my dog is not faring any better than when he left. And as I found a few times, he's even worse. So, like I said, my doctor or my vet recommended science diet, which contains GMO corn. And so how are vets harming their patients? Well, I think vets, many of them do not know. And I think that ignorance plays a big part of it. Uh, Many vets do know, and they do it because they make a lot of money off of this stuff. So, you know, ignorance and maybe greed is harming people's animals. Anything with corn, regardless of, you know, if the president tells you to use it, it's it's not good. You know, if you go on the Internet and you just do, you know, random searches about it, it is the worst thing for animals. So just because your vet tells you to use it doesn't mean that it's good. You know, this, you know, this type of food, you know, this prescription diet, it is a huge problem and it is getting worse. And more dogs and cats are sick because of it. And like GMO it, you know, corn and just it's it's filled with the worst stuff ever. And do you think that vaccines are necessary? Because I know my my personal take is that I don't think vaccines are necessary. I think they're toxic and a waste of money. Do you think that vaccinations for dogs are do more harm than good? Well, professionally, you know, when people come in and ask me, you know, I can't really decide that for them. However, I tell them how my family is. My dogs have no vaccines. My dogs have never been sick. They go to the dog park. They, they you know, they're dogs. They, they sniff poop like other dogs. And, you know, I don't believe in vaccinations. You know, the rabies vaccine is not to protect my animal. They want to do the rabies vaccine to protect humans. But not only that, they make money off of it. Your dog has a distemper vaccine. I give dogs, you know, because I have a rescue, so I give dogs consistently that have been vaccinated for distemper and died because of it. Hmm. So they can still get it. They can still get all of the, and acquire all of these sicknesses, even vaccinated. 
I don't vaccinate at all. Ever. Yeah, because I, I felt like they the vaccinations for dogs have to be of just uh, horrifying quality because even the human vaccinations have no testing whatsoever prior to go, going on the market. There's no liability at all for the pharmaceutical companies. So I can only imagine the dog vaccines must be just complete, uh, just uh, just terrible, just a complete trash. See, so some people don't know, but, you know, I'm in the animal industry. So I have hospice care where, you know, people with dying animals come to me. And it's not a huge majority, but many of them or some of them are because of the rabies vaccine. So, you know, my dog's just got the rabies vaccine. He's paralyzed. And many of these dogs who come to me who have vaccine-related illnesses, many of them die. Because, like you said, there is no regulation. There is no real testing. Yeah, and I imagine they have all kinds of heavy metals and preservatives. I'm sure they're using mercury to preserve it. Cause oh, it's of course, yes. So, so these dogs, like, you know, my vet tells me to come in every year and get those shots. And, you know, at a certain point, they're going to get mercury poisoning. And then there's, there's all the doses are the same. If you come in with a chihuahua, your dose is the same as, a mastiff. It's crazy, you know. A hundred pound dog is getting the same dose as a five pound dog. It's it's, it's insane. It's, I don't understand it. Yeah. So so you're saying that there's not any vaccinations that you would recommend for pets? I don't recommend vaccinations at all. So you know, my dogs are not vaccinated. Yeah. So, uh, what kinds of supplements do you sell in your store? Well, we sell everything from, you know, multivitamins to calcium to fish oils to, you know, probiotics and herbs. You know, we have herbs, we have homeopathy, you know, we help people with Cushing's. We make herbs for dogs who have CDS, which is kind of like doggy Alzheimer's. And we we actually have a lot of supplements. And I I really believe that dogs should, should exist solely on food. However, some dogs need the help. So as they age, probiotics are beneficial. Uh, as they age, you know, enzymes or things like burdock root and dandelion and milk thistle, they're all beneficial. So. Yeah, I love it that I can come into your store and find out exactly what's wrong with my dog and how I can treat it naturally, and it's going to be so much more effective. Now, I mean, it's like every time I go to the vet, it's just a complete waste of money. My dog is half the time they can never figure out what's wrong with them. They're like, oh, we don't know. I'm like, okay, why am I here exactly? It's just so, you know, it's annoying. Annoying. Yeah. So, um, so how much is your food? Because I noticed, you know, I was paying $3 a can at Whole Foods for their, you know, what I thought was really good organic food. Um, but I'm finding your food is really not any more expensive. It's maybe 50 cents more expensive it's for the same more. amount. Yeah. So, so most of our dishes are 350 each, except for mm-hmm. bison, which is 375 And then so yeah. if you look at like our cat food, it's actually cheaper than many commercial cat foods out there, and it's all organic. Yeah, how do you keep the prices so low? Because it's just amazing. You can get this grass-fed organic pet food for the same price as this, you know, processed, highly processed garbage. Well, 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 we make less than those companies make, but we don't have, you know, we don't advertise, so we don't have marketing costs. You know, our company is small, so I drive to Irwindale where our kitchen is every day. (laughs) 
But not only that, people don't realize that if you buy in bulk, if you are a manufacturer, organic food is not that expensive. You know, people who come into our store who want to cook for their animals, we get them like free range grass-fed bison for five twenty-five a pound. We get duck oh. deboned and we cut it for four dollars a pound. That they can make their own food. We get wild cod at three sixty a pound. It's cheaper than Costco. And huh. we just help people, you know, who want to do better. So they can actually come to your store and buy the, you know, the the raw food and take it home and make it. They they they, they can. They can get a uh, bulk meat from us. So they nice. can buy yeah organic grass-fed Angus beef. And a lot of the people, they they eat it themselves. You know how this lady that comes every Tuesday <laughs> she gets mahi mahi. And uh-huh. she feeds her cat and her dog, and she, you know, she eats it. She eats the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> hey, if it's cheap, you know, cheaper than Costco, got to take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, are you able to ship your fresh, organic pet food? Uh, we don't. Pe- people do. You know, they pick it up themselves and ship it, but we don't. And it's just because... You know, we, we really don't have the time, and, and it's unfortunate. You know, but there, there are companies out there who ship and who do all these things, except for we can't because, you know, we really are just, you know, we're so busy with sick animals and trying to get people better, and really people just call me all day, so. Yeah, <laughs> you're too busy. busy. Yeah, you know. And you if I could hire somebody to do it, I don't, you know, it would make the food more expensive. Yeah. So, so are, are there any other companies that are doing what you're doing that ship? Well, there, there, I think there's a lot of companies that do what we do, except for they're all different. So most of the companies that make fresh food, they're grain-based. They have rice or potatoes in it, something to – because they're trying to make money off of it, you know, a lot of money. You know, I think we're the only dog food company that uses herbs. You know, you know our food is used for a purpose. So if you have kidney failure, you know, you use our Cornish game hen. You know, it has milk thistle, dandelion, burdock root. Uh, if you have intestinal problems, your dog has colitis or GI problems, we have a turkey for that. It has slippery elm and papain and stuff in it. So it's just different. But a lot of companies are, are, are doing things that are better for guts, you know. You know, I've heard this a lot from vets that you should feed your pets the same food, that if you switch their food, it's going to cause them problems. Is that true? Well, they're talking about kibble. So, you know, like I brought up earlier, when you switch your dog from blue buffalo to pedigree to science diet to royal canine, the animal has to get used to the vitamin pack. So they can get, you know, violently ill. They can have diarrhea. Sometimes it can cause bleeding. With our foods, it's not like that. We don't have a vitamin pack. There's no preservatives. There's no fillers. So people change. They go from bison to pheasant to venison to lamb to Cornish game hen to chicken. You know, so we don't see a problem. The only problem we ever come across is some dogs have never eaten red meat before. So when they do, they might have a reaction to it because, you know, it's a little harder to break down sometimes. So... That's about it that we ever see. But so for us, we believe it's beneficial to change the protein source. And the reason why is your dog will naturally have more enzymes, you know. 
if you just feed them one thing, their body will be deficient. You know, they'll only be breaking down one type of protein source. And we think it's beneficial to change. Okay. Yeah, and I had one more question about flea medicine um, because, you know, Advantage and the other brands are all the rage. And I was wondering, are I've always kind of felt like uh, uneasy about putting this, you know, pesticide-like substance on my dog and having it soak into their body so that they're kind of like a walking pesticide factory and when a flea bites at them, it dies. Uh, what are the problems with uh, these kind of medications? <clears throat> Well, you know, there's two types. There's a topical and there's an internal. I am very, 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 very against the internal. You know, a lot of people, their vet will recommend Trifexis or Comfortis, these pills that they eat. That That is straight poison. You're, you're giving your dog poison so it can kill things, and it's metabolized and absorbed by the tissues and body, and it's crazy. And, you know, the topicals, you know, it's absorbed into the skin and the fatty membrane of the skin, and, you know, we are against both of them. However, you know, some dogs ha- do have a problem with fleas. So if they do and you have to or you feel like you have to do something, we always say a topical is better. But, you know, there are natural sources. Some some people use cedar oil that's real effective. Well, what is that uh, called again? Uh, uh, cedar oil. It's like a cedar oil. oil that okay. you have fleas don't like the smell of it. You know, they're, they're, they're more burdensome to use, and you have to use it more often, but it is healthier. But no matter what, nobody should ever do an internal flea medication ever. It's a poison. You're, you're putting poison directly into their mouth. It's, it's crazy. But are the topical ones toxic also? Well, they, they, they are not healthy. You know, you're putting poison on them, you know, a chemical on them that's absorbed into the skin, so it is harmful. However, it is a lot safer than you know than the internal. It is, but mm-hmm. we do not recommend it either. Okay. You know, I'm not a flea expert, so when people ask me for alternative, uh, you know, things, I really can't help them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a, a friend that she runs a pet hotel, and she uh, she had a cat that you know was her cat, and so. She loved, the cat loved all the dogs and was licking on them. And, you know, of course, all the dogs have advantage of these topical flea medicines. And her cat ended up having seizures and then dying. And the vet said it was, uh, you know, neurological damage from this topical flea medicine that she kept licking. It's very, it, it, it happens and it's possible and, you know, animals are at risk to use it. Yeah. So, you know, and just think of that. Some people put it inside of their animal. They feed it to them. It's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. So you donate 20% of your proceeds to different causes. You know, I think that's so wonderful. So can you tell us what causes that you're championing? Well, you know, like last year, at the end of the year, we gave away 5,000 pounds of food to just local rescues, and then we sent stuff to when they had the hurricane. Uh, a lot of the stuff actually goes to, we have a hospice care. And what happens is if your dog is between the ages of really two and seven and, you know, you, you, you're just not wealthy and, and you're, you know, we just do everything for you. We we, we take the dogs in and we, we really save their lives. We have an 85% success rate when a vet tells you your dog will be dead in two days. And many people come to us and that's what we do. So that's what... 
my company pays for. You know, it's actually cost more than twenty percent, unfortunately. But you know, it's, oh, well. you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's what we live for, and it's what we do. But we donate to different rescues that live around us. You know, in Sherman Oaks. So we have a Match LA Beagle Freedom Project. There's a lot of them. And oh, that's them wonderful. And we give them food. That's so so wonderful. They're so sweet. <laughs> so, um, just tell the listeners uh, where you're located. What's your address? Where they can find the com. So we're located in Sherman Oaks, and it's four three four four Van Nuys Boulevard, Sherman Oaks, California nine one four zero three, and we're like a block south of Ventura on Van Nuys. And you know we we you know people they can walk in and we specialize in like food allergy issues or itchiness, you know, or like liver disease and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's kind of like a vet. People walk in and we have consults and it's just, you know, I, I give them my number, which is they can text anytime. They can take pictures of stools. Uh, I'm telling you, I literally get like a hundred pictures of poop a day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. And then we help I'm people, really you know. sorry about that. It seems oh, like you oh. signed up for that. <laughs> It's clear that you you care so much about dogs, and you. I think it's amazing that you were a human nutritionist, and that uh, you know you got tired of treating them because they never did what you said, which I'm finding, I'm finding I'm finding is a health <laughs> Um, even though I drill it into their head, they still don't do it. But that's wonderful that you decided you wanted to be a dog nutritionist because, you know, they obviously don't have a choice. You have to feed them. They have to eat whatever they're fed. So thank you so much for being on the show, Mark. That was very, very educational, and it's going to help a lot of people with uh, feeding their pets the proper primal diet. So you can find... Thank you for having me, Wendy. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. So you can find Mark's food on thepetsterant.com. It's a T-H-E-P-E-T-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T.com. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. That's all for today, folks. So next week we have Dr. Jason Kelberman on the show talking about functional medicine and chiropractic care. So definitely tune in for that show. 